RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. Welcome back to Consultivations. And we have with us today two stalwarts of professional individuals. We've got, of course, Eric Swick, the business strategist. How are you, Eric? I'm doing great, Dave. Good to see you. We've got a belter of a subject to talk about today in a moment's time organizational consciousness and we're going to you know debate amongst ourselves as to what it is and then i'll give you a little bit of a secret reveal as to what it could be now we also have backed by popular demand eric don't we yeah. um, sensational businesswoman who is involved in multiple entities multiple businesses uh, um, cares about the community um, inspires people by modeling the right behavior once took the seven leadership principles from RLC test and came out with top marks. Uh, the unimaginable brilliant, Barb Gay. Welcome back. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave. It's good to be here. Good Barb, to see you. Barb, I just got to say, I feel slighted every time he introduces you. I, I don't know what that's about, but... <laughs> it's, it's become a tradition, isn't it? In the same way we like to put Vince Howard in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's the best equipped for it, so let's keep doing it. So first things first then, what do you think organizational consciousness could be? Well, from my perspective, organizational consciousness is being aware of how your organization is functioning, how people work together, how they support each other, how they um, you know hold each other accountable. I think it's having that consciousness about um you know all those things i think it's also to uh being very clear about what your focus is so you know eric talks about the culture piece of it i think it's also making sure your focus is in the right direction and everybody's aware of where you're going that's a good shape Bob. i think it's really important that you know that you are having an alignment in consciousness so that that focus is centered. So quite like this screen, Eric, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care for it, but. That's all the show. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So giving you the center stage literally here, Bob. Um, now then, of course, the, the thing about this whole idea is, I'm just finding the one we were on a second ago. It's this one. Uh, so the thing about this whole idea is to really understand what are some of the key elements that could maybe make or contribute to or help an organization you know develop their consciousness what do you think some of those things could be well you know i i always have felt that it's really important to share and agree on core values for the business. And when I talk about that, it's just, you know, how we're going to work together, how, what's important to us and how we work with each other, but also how we work with our clients. And, um, you know, do we give back to the community? All those things, those are core values. 
I think that's an important part of it. It's not the only part, but I think it's an important part. And what would be an example of a really important value to you, Eric? Um, I think being respectful of other people's points of view. Yeah. I think that's important. That's just one that popped in my head off the top. What about you, Bob? What's 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 a, a value that's vital or, or, or critical to you? Well, I I think that heart is important. I think that, you know, how we feel about each other and how we work to helps helps us as to how we work together. So I think heart's real important too. So I'll, I'll give you then, so, so far, organizational consciousness. Uh, so values, Eric, you get a score for that. So I'll, I'll let you have a bit of, bit of kudos. And I, again, I want to just emphasize that heart feature, Bob, it's really important because I think you are right that organizations have a choice to make about how much they care. Well, yeah. and I especially think in this climate now, it's more important now than it's ever been to think about other people other than just yourself. And that includes our clients as well as our teammates. So. Good. Go on, Eric. Are you going to say something, Eric? No, I was just going to say, I agree totally with Barb. And the, the real test of good leadership is, you know, when we're not in a pandemic, you know, do we stay there? Do we continue to have those types of focus on caring and, you know, the heart? Because I think it's important. I, you know, I, it's, it's a core value of mine that I've always had. And, you know, I talked about, you know, I grew up under the golden rule and it's always been one of my personal core values. And, and the wonderful thing about the golden rule, you can find it in any religion on the planet. It seems to be a universal accepted truth, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but what's the definition of the golden rule in case anyone listening's never heard of that before? Can you remember? Yeah, I mean, you know, you treat people how you want to be treated is a simple definition. Do unto others as you'd like others to do unto you is the more traditional. That's entirely correct. So love that. So let's come back to this organizational with an S today on behalf of Britain, but it would be a Z in America. So what else could this organizational consciousness, consciousness consist of? So values is a hit. What else could yeah. it be? You know, I'll go ahead, Barb. Well, I think I think your cornerstones of what you are, you know, where where you are, and uh, your, you know, if you have four cornerstones of what your business is, and setting those for everybody, so they can always every everything we do within the business relates back to those cornerstones and what we're trying to achieve. That's a great shout. So almost using those cornerstones as a framework, aren't you? So that you can point to it within the organizational consciousness creation. So I love that. So if you're watching this, do you have four cornerstones in your business? Now, one of the reasons we have four, people often ask, could you have three? Suppose you could, depending on your business. Four, I just think is a bit like a table, isn't it? Or, or the stakes in the ground in a great outdoor tent space. They're gonna make it much more stable. So it's just a really great idea to stick to those four because most businesses will have them. Uh, good. So th this looks like unintended quiz show time, doesn't it? So you've got Bob on one, <laughs> Eric on one. So what else could be involved in this organizational consciousness? Well, to me, uh, you know, I talked about values, but I think culture, overall culture of a business is really critical. 
And it, it's, it's what defines how we all work together, much like the values, um, how we treat each other. It's just this feeling that you have when you come into an organization that there's a certain feel for that organization and how they work together as a team or, you know, some people may have a culture where everyone's individualized and they don't work together. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but you know, every business has a culture. It's just defining and making sure that you're communicating to everyone, you know, what it, that is and making sure that everyone accepts it and is on the same page. And I think Eric too, it's so easy to lose that culture at times. I mean, you know, you add, you add another person into the mix yeah. or somebody leaves. You, it, it's, it's even more, once you're focused on that culture and you've realized that's important. Now, when you hire your next person or you grow, it's really important to make sure they're going to fit that culture too. And it's, yeah. I, I find that very easy to lose at times because everybody kind of gets in their old, especially in our industry, because people yeah. tend to put their heads down and just want to focus on getting their work done. Yeah. And so That's I, why I feel it's so important when you hire someone that you're hiring them for who they are and not what they know. I mean, yeah, it's great if they know, but it's also, are they a fit? Do they share the same values that we share? So I think that's important to flush out on the very front end. I've used a tool to do that with a, a gentleman here in town that I just think the world of because it helps flush out who the person is more so than what they know. I mean, I, I always feel I could train people to know yeah. the how, um, but you can't change who they are. I agree with that, Eric. I think you can train anybody for what we do. Yeah. And I and I think that, you know, but you can't change their who they how they respond. Um, and it is funny how one person in a group can make a huge difference. So oh, yes. it's, it's true. Now, let's let's take a look at this statement below. So the RLC framework marries your organizational belief system through cultural blocks. And I, I, I want to be specific about this because what we're saying is true. So to put down another foundational area for organizational consciousness, you've got to know what's going to create it, haven't you, the base. So we all know that beliefs shape, form, create, impact, uh, enable, disable, so many things that we do every day in business or in our lives, our own personal belief systems. But I'm focusing on the cultural belief system of your organization, as in what is absolutely non-negotiable. Because they exist in the cultural rocks of the framework. So, and, and I think sometimes we get lost when we're creating this framework, and you mentioned it earlier, Bob, so this, this cultural system that it's not just about having it, it's about what are the beliefs that exist in it that are non-negotiable mm -hmm. so that your culture can thrive. Yeah. Now, Eric, what do you think of this statement that the framework marries your organizational belief system? Do you like that? Yeah, no, I definitely do. And it definitely does that. I mean, that is what it's all about. Um, you know, some of those I feel that are really important to me, at least that I think for most organizations is, you know, number one, how you communicate, you know, because how many times does communication break down and that's where people start forming opinions and, you know, assumptions. Um, communication is so critical and that you have 
norms for how you interact and communicate with each other within an organization. Yep. What do you think, Bob? No, I, I, I agree. And I think that um, the communication piece, it, I, I think you can even get your cultural blocks in there as to how you communicate with each other, like you were saying, and making sure I know one of the things that is, is extremely frustrating for me is we have a system of how we do things. And, and for me, one of the blocks that, that we've worked on over the past 18 months is when we say we're going to do something, that's what we do. And it's part of that communication, but it's, but it's more the communication to the client of saying, if I tell you I'm going to give you this in three days, it's going to be there in three days. And if we can do it prior to three days, that's even better. But trying not to commit to things we know we can't get done just to get somebody off the phone or <laughs> get it off your plate. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've all been there though, haven't we? In that situation where service demands you do extra, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. one of the things we're talking about here, if you're just joining us, is we're talking about organizational consciousness. And Eric and Bob have been sharing so far some of the vital ingredients that might give you a platform to create this consciousness. And I'm gonna reveal in a little bit while, maybe another six or seven minutes, exactly what I believe it could be. And I do think you're both gonna be really impressed. Not impressed by me, but impressed by the thought, right? So the quality and the richness of the thought. Yet though, we also agree, there's some foundational elements you just have to have. And and culture is one of them. And it isn't, like Eric, you quoted this phrase, it was first uh, coined in 1984 in a study, which was, culture is the way we do things around here and the issue with that it's a great statement it's so generalistic what does it actually mean so one of the things that i think we've got to reflect on in 2020 is culture still takes dollars so your culture is going to cost you money if you're serious about it whatever that means right whether it's training people up to be their best version whether it's you know doing things socially whether it's how you engage in the community or how you bring your blocks into action. They're all things you've got to actually do. The big thing on here, and it's no wrong answer, but I'd like to ask Bob, uh, you and Eric, which of these Ds is the most important to you? Using culture. For me personally, I think it's definition. Because I think it's important that everybody understand what what we are trying to achieve yeah right. I, I agree with barb i would agree with that because it just brings clarity mm-hmm. good well, mine is it's interesting it's the other side of the two lines mine is decision making so how do i make better decisions knowing what my culture is so therefore i can literally take my my framework in this case take a look and say well my cultural blocks are is this decision correct uh, so that's my personal. It's not right or wrong, remember. Yeah. And then the other one, I, I, if I was to rank them, I'd go definition first, decision second, distinction third. And distinction because it's the hardest part of defining culture. Because you're gonna you've got to make something not snazzy, not even jazzy, but definitely simple, so that somebody can say yes or no to it. I do do that, or I don't do that, or I need help with this, which is really what you're looking for. So we're in agreement that culture is critical. I want to just remind people again, 
it does take dollar value. You've got to commit money to this. So let's come back to organizational consciousness. So we've got culture, values, um, and cornerstones so far. Um, what else do you think is a foundational element in order to unlock or organizational consciousness? Uh, any thoughts, Eric? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Barb touched on it earlier. I think there has to be some kind of, I don't know, plan or at least a view of what the future might look like so that people know what they're going for, right? It's, you know, no different than I, I like using sports analogies. You know, it's, you know, I want to get that touchdown. So in order to do that, what's our plan? We have a game plan. Every, you know, NFL team before they go on the field on Sunday, they have a game plan for that week. It may be different than the week before, but at least everyone on that field knows what they're planning to accomplish and where they're headed. And uh, I think businesses should have those so that this clear view of where they're headed. I, you know, some people will call it having a vision. Um, I, I like to call it having a purpose. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's, I, I think for the leader, they, you have to know where you're going in order to figure out what you're doing in between. I mean, you can't take yourself from now to then if everybody isn't on the same page. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's kind of like you're, I mean, I, I agree it's the vision piece too. You have to know what your purpose is, but maybe it's the goal setting in between that as the smaller part of it that happens to get there. Yeah. But you as the leader, because I can look at this two different ways. You can look at it as the leader, but you can also, you have to keep reminding your team of where you're going because they don't, as a leader, we look at these things all the time. They don't they don't know how to set goals or how to get there. You got to give them the end game and help them get there. I love it. Great conversation so far. So we're doing really well. So let's let's do a score recap for our listeners. So what's the score recap in this unofficial game show we're not really having? So Eric was sneaking ahead at 2-1. Bob then exploded into the lead at 5-2. And now it's 4-all. So, uh, I mean, we're tying still. Good performance, team. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's no, of course, compliance checks on how the scores have been made, Eric. So Obviously. Completely. Now, <laughs> the thing here, though, what we're saying is to develop organizational consciousness, this is a list of things that actually to just get right in your organization. So it's my turn to throw one up. You gave a clue a second ago. And it's one of my favorite subjects in a company. And uh, I'd like Eric to tell me about what it might mean. What, what is the why factor, Eric? So why do you think that's important to organizational consciousness? Well, you know, the why is important because, you know, each one of the points on that letter Y represent, you know, the business, the owners, it represents the team, and it represents your customers. And it's all about why does this business exist? What's, what's the purpose? Why is it there? And um, you know, usually as, <clears throat> excuse me, as an owner, you know, I, I like to see people focus on those things that are deep down inside of why they got into this business and not, it's not about, you know, hey, I, I want to just make money, you know, because to me, those are outcomes. It's really what's the, what's the desire? What's the thing that made you get into this business? And um, yeah. I like it. I have to say that's a pretty good take on it. Would you add anything to what he said, Eric? 
I'm sorry, Bob. Ah. <laughs> Would you have that? No, I, I, I think it's important to investigate why you do the why you do the business you do. I, I agree. And I think it's and I think from time to time, you know, I think a, a, you can it can change. That doesn't mean that's not why you got into it. But I think that your your focus or your reasoning can change as you grow and mature more in the business. So I think it's important to always be visiting it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've pulled up here some of the elements you've been talking about as a as a duo today: the why factor, the future view, the cultural blocks, the the behavior set of values that you want in your business, and therefore then the plan. I often found, I did some research in 2012 for months and months for a leadership retreat about what are the tried and tested most secure leadership principles you could ever have in your business. And that's where the seven daily leadership principles came from. But what struck me was nobody around the world or in the history of time ever said, write a plan. That interesting. Nobody's going, make sure you've got a business plan. Make yeah. sure you've got a one pager. Mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I'm saying today is, not that you shouldn't have those things it's an assumption you've got it yeah there's a difference isn't there yeah because yeah. leadership rule number seven is execute the goddamn plan so it's not oh do a review of what your plan is it's done is the, is the assumption so you can actually focus on executing it so i think it's time for a little bit of a review as to what i believe organizational consciousness is. Are you ready, Bob and Eric? Oh, yeah. Yes. On the edge of my seat since you said that. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Eric. I love the sincerity in your tone. It was so sincere. <laughs> so, if you imagine, first of all, we've been doing this Dollar Dream Club, and the Dollar Dream Club concentrates on mastering your world within. Now, for those who don't know what that is, it's the world within, it's the world inside your mind and actually shutting out everything that's outside of that, which is pretty much the rest of the world through our senses. So staying in this central place of resource and talking to Karen Bosher, who's uh, one of the managing directors of Green King in Britain uh, this week on Double D New Business uh, with Debbie, it struck me. What if an organization could do the same thing? Now pause for a moment. That doesn't mean everyone in an organization every day in the morning, sitting in a seat for seven minutes, mastering their world within. It, I suppose it could mean that, but that's not what I mean. I'm talking about once you've built your framework, what if the people part of your framework? What if you unlocked their consciousness by allowing, supporting and enabling them to be themselves? and show them how to put down all the prejudice and show them that the prejudice outside your office, outside your company, is not welcome or doesn't exist inside your company. So they can be safe, they can be whole, they can discover what they're about, whatever that is, and be part of a movement inside a company. Because that's what I think organizational awakening is is where the people that work for you, we're not talking about skills, we're not talking about boundaries, we're not talking about um, and a whole other subject about pain body responses to certain prejudice and situations. We're talking about that I work for you, Eric, or I work for you, Bob, or I work for anybody 
And everybody in that organization knows you're okay to be whoever you are. Whatever you believe, whatever you look like, whatever your preferences are, you just accept it. How different could that be? You know, Dave, when you say that, what comes to my mind, because I've, I've done some work with uh, nonprofits, you tend to see that there more than in a for-profit type business. And I'm not sure if I understand, I haven't thought this through, what drives that, but you know, people in a nonprofit, they're usually not there because they want a job. They're there because they, they have this consciousness about, I want to make a difference in the world. And uh, it's a very interesting approach. Uh, you know, if, if that could be in a, a for-profit business, I think it's very powerful. I mean, you know, I've run organizations of people and I always like having diversity in my group of yep. people that I'm working with because I think that's valuable in itself. But to have them all feel appreciated and on the same consciousness level, I think would be powerful, even more powerful. And it's, it's almost, it's like, I, I did warn you, it's like too big to say, because it's huge. Yeah. But there are companies who are doing it. And that's what struck me too. So, and you know, I, I was, um, you, you've probably all heard about Patagonia and how committed they are to what it is they say they are. You know, spending money and hard earned dollars on causes around the USA about on behalf of the earth. You know, everybody in that company knows that that's important. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that everyone in that company is fully accepted. Maybe they are, I haven't been to check, right? But imagine if they did that as well. Maybe they're already doing it as well. Because I think there's a specialness to that freedom of any human that walks this earth from wherever they're from to know, even if their culture isn't like it today, because there'll be plenty of that too, right? To know, I accept you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I also think a key part of this is that we stop focusing on personal differences. I don't mean sameness and difference, because actually sameness and difference is a meta program of rapport building. So therefore, if I'm meeting Eric and I look for difference, that's up to me, right? I'm not looking at difference in a way where I go, right, I'm not talking to him. I might notice what the differences are in a, in a, in a towards way, another motivational program. What I'm talking about is that instead of working what personal differences are, which are either faults, criticisms, things I don't like, things I feel uncomfortable, I gossip that I talk about, whatever it is, I put all that down and focus on skills and boundaries. And I make the person feel safe, feel included, feel part of something much bigger. And what I'm noticing from companies that are doing this, here's the cool thing, the workforce is awakened. They have a consciousness of an awareness of the brand. Yeah. What the brand is about. It goes way beyond what you ask them to do. You know, in 2010, Daniel, Daniel Pig wrote the book Drive about autonomy, self-mastery, and, and purpose. You know, three key levers that people desire in 2010. So here we are in 2020, after an absolutely terrible, terrible uh, World Health Organizational year, which has been just terrible. Um, so what are they going to want now? I tell you, people are going to want to know that where they work matters and what their employer cares about matters. And it's no longer just this 
consumeristic attitude to the future. And I think it's within a small business. Come back to our listeners. Come back to the professionals on this conversation, which is actually a consultation. I think it's within our gift in our businesses to achieve this. Yeah. With a little with a little bit of change. Just a little bit. A few degrees. Well, and I think it's, I mean, there there are lots of things that have happened from grassroots that, you know, have been very successful. So, and I do think small business owners play a much bigger part in the bigger picture than we think we do. And I do think we can have a voice and we can make a change. You know, Eric, you talk about nonprofit. It's the same thing. I've been involved in that. They're constantly talking about diversity um, and, you know, trying to get a different opinions and, and, and different views of how things go. I, I think it's an, I mean, I'm in a different part in my career now where I'm on the tail end of it. And I love to see the idea that there's a different way to do things than the way I think about it, especially with technology and those types of things. So I agree. I, I think it's, I think, I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's definitely that, uh, Diversity is very important. I agree. It is. I, I think it's vital. And one of the quotes from the podcast on Double D was Karen Bosha said, she didn't know she said it when we were interviewing her. And she said, What I find as a leader of business is when there's diversity around the table, the discussion is richer. Mm. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's fine so long as everyone around the table is receptive to it as well. And that just comes back to, you know, setting the culture and what the expectations are of your team. Yeah. It is. And, you know, we've had an interesting meandering conversation today and we are coming towards the end of this episode of Cultivated. Couldn't even say it there. Did you hear that? Consultivation. But if, if you're listening to this, as we go into next year, even if you listen to this in 2021 and you realize we did this on the 15th of December, 2020, right? The questions are the same. Do you have a Y factor? Do you have a future view? Do you have a clearly defined cultural block system built around your organizational beliefs? Do you all know what behavior is going to make your firm work? And do you have a plan in place so that you can unlock this? organizational consciousness because i think to do this without a framework is much harder oh yeah i agree i agree and i think think there's a lot of people out there that do it without a framework and they they are successful but they could be uh, a lot more successful if they have the framework you know and you know barb when you say that like you think of success and the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, size and dollars and those things. But to me, being successful is more than that. It's, you know, having people that leave your your place of work every day energized and excited about coming back the next day. You know, things like that, that um, you know, I have my son-in-law is living with me right now, but he works for Google. Mm-hmm. and. I just see, you know, a lot of what you've been talking about, Dave, is in their culture, and it's it's interesting. And um, I've not seen a lot of that in small business over the years. And I think, to your point, we need to see more of it. 
Well, it's interesting you bring that up, Eric, because I think that is true. We're always looking to be bigger and better and, and bigger doesn't always mean better. As sometimes you can have a very successful practice in my case or business and it's it's a very cohesive group of people. Yeah. So I think I, I don't think you have to look for big necessarily. Right, right. It's yeah, just that's good. Me, it's it's satisfying. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think there's an overarching quote from Eric Swick in this week's episode. We have to remind people, because Eric, you've said this the most, haven't you, on consultivations. But I think there's an opportunity as we go into 2021 to learn from so many lessons. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a presentation that Debbie wrote for last week for Kevin in LA about building your business in 2021. Yeah. And some of the lessons that we've learned are pretty staggering because every business we all know, including ourselves at this table together, learned that when we've got no choice, we are all capable of acting, taking action. Right. And yet, how many of us still find ourselves deliberating on things today when there's no need to do something? When, we, when again, if you just did the same thing, you'd get it done. There's a fascinating learning. But as we come out of this call and we bring it to a little bit of a close, just to, just to remind people that if you want an organization that's going to take on the world and do exactly what you want and a bit more, creating this organizational consciousness, I think, will change the game for many companies, and I'm of absolute certainty, the small business arena is the best place to unlock this because yeah. you, you'll catch it. Other business owners will want to know how you're doing it and will want to replicate it. And before we know it, like we've seen in many other ways in the last two years, small things could transform the face of the way that Earth interacts and how humans interact just by somebody having the courage to start it. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah, totally agree. I think this has been a great conversation. So thank you for your time, Mr. Swick, the yeah. brilliant genius strategist from Denver, who is a longtime friend of the magnificent Bob Gay, also <laughs> from Denver. Thank you both for your time. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.